Welcome to another episode of Pod for Good, a podcast where we learn from those doing good in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the world, why they care, what we can do, and most importantly, what you, the listener, can do. Pod for Good is produced and edited by Random Productions. So if you like how we sound and are thinking about starting a podcast, reach out to me. I am easy to find. Pod for Good can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. So if you enjoy what we do here, or just like Chris and I in normal times and normal places and not on podcasts, please uh, like our Facebook page and subscribe to our podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get them. That would be very useful. Also, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be mad if you left a review. Just not a three star with no comments. I, as always, am your chief philanthropod. And again, we didn't think about this ahead of time. Glass clown for justice. Boston Dynamics robot, Jesse Ulrich. And I'm your vice admiral philanthropod and class clown for justice. Take that, Iran, Chris Miller. And our guest today is Emily Harn, executive director of Techlahoma. We talked to Emily about what exactly a tech job is, how accessibility is the future of tech, and we reference Big Block of Cheese Day. West Wing still rules. Enjoy. We are very excited to have Emily from Techlahoma on the podcast today. Emily, how are you doing? Doing good. Excited to be here. I was listening to your podcast earlier, and I'm honored to be listed among the names before with everyone from Tyrants Billingsley to Lindsay from Right on Fundraising. I'm, I'm pretty excited to be here. I'm realizing we're collecting like an MVP, the MVPs of 36 Degrees North on this podcast. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, to I be here for that. <laughs> the more places we talk to who have tyrants on their board, it makes me realize why it's impossible to get in touch with him. I'm like, this guy <laughs> needs is doing too much. You also you also have Mikhail Vaughn on your board, another yes, uh, we do. Pod for good alum and just decent human being doing good work. So shout out to Mikhail. Yeah, Mikhail is amazing. But back to you, our current amazing <laughs> guest. So Real briefly, like, and I will, I will say your website does a very good job of just nailing the description of this, but for our listeners, tell us what Techlahoma does. What does Techlahoma not do is the real question. <laughs> mm. So we are a nonprofit. We connect people interested in tech across the state. We do that through education, connection, and opportunity. So what that really means is we have three conferences a year. We have 20 plus user groups that meet monthly to talk about things from like OKC Sharp, which is one of our user groups, to Tulsa Web Devs, to Tulsa Game Devs. We also have a Slack community of over 6,000 people where you can message someone and say, hey, I have a problem with my code. Can you help? And they will help you. Or, hey, I've never had a job in tech before. What should my resume look like? How should I do this? And there will be someone there in our wonderful community that can help you. So that's a little bit about Techlahoma. So this is a very good tech question. I, I, everybody who says they are in project management, I ask them this question. What program do you use to manage your projects? Depends on what week you're talking to me. All right. Because I'm a serial switch my me project too. management system person. I actually spoke to my husband about it and he said, Emily, you need to pick one and stick with it because you're getting charged <laughs> monthly subscriptions from five different things and you need to stop that. And I said, you're right. That's fair. So I'm currently using Asana, but we also have a CRM system. We also use Google Drive. We also use Slack integrations. There's lots and lots of things to get <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the real problem is, and maybe this is where eventually Microsoft would just beat us all into submission. Like Slack is great, like Trello is great, Asana is great. The problem is you're always gonna have to leave that program to do a certain thing. And like if Google was smart and they're not, because if they were smart, they would have stuck to one chat program over the last decade and not just kept coming up with new ones that everyone hated. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's now Google Meets now. I'm like, okay, stop. Wait, what's the difference right, between Meets and right. Duo? Nothing. 
They just merge them, actually. Great question. Um, Great question. Duo was, duos for two people, hence the term duo. And they're like, right. well, what, what if you want to have more people on duo? Yeah, I, I needed a separate application to call a third person. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, that, then uh, you'd need Google Trio, obviously. <laughs> just keep adding Google yeah. several. Um, mm. The like what Google should have done is, and they actually kind of have a version of this now somewhere. I can't remember what it's called, but they should have built a sort of project management tool into Google drive. That would have been very helpful because you're always leaving it to keep track of what's in it. Um, but anyway, I, I also think the problem is that no two projects are alike. So when I'm planning an event, that's an entirely different project management system than I need than managing a team of people because they have very different needs. They have very different deadlines or non-deadlines and things like that, which is the ultimate struggle because no one has enough money to build their own CRM, especially in the nonprofit realm. So So it does feel like, uh, especially lately, um, there has been a huge emphasis of tech development in Oklahoma in general, but specifically in Tulsa. So what what do you think accounts for that push and how has Techlahoma been involved in that? I was doing research and in Oklahoma City in 2020, we were ranked the top place to expand your tech business. Tulsa has basically been right there by its side doing that. I think we as a Techlahoma, a Oklahoma-based organization. We hit Oklahoma City and Tulsa and hopefully everywhere in between. But in Tulsa specifically, I know there have been lots of programs that have helped people in the tech space get started, like Holberton, um, which is a great school for people interested in coding. In Oklahoma City, there's OK Coders. There's also a program that we are going to be launching in January 2023 with OK Coders in Oklahoma City and a group called The Verge, Oklahoma City. And it's going to be a six-month boot camp followed by a four-month paid apprenticeship program that's going to kind of help that pipeline of people that are interested in tech but don't have enough experience to get a job to hit that job. Uh, The demand is there. We just really have to try and meet that demand. So I know that there is kind of a, I'll say a, a tech corridor of downtown that's trying to develop where Holberton is um, and where 36 Degrees is is going to be moving. Um, an important question that came up on a previous podcast, what do you think it should be named? What do I think the area should be named? Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, there were some, there were some real um, back and forth on that. Uh, what was it? One was like the warehouse district. Yeah. One was innovation station. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I mentioned earlier before we started recording that I am a very punny person. That's mm -hmm. just where my mind goes. And I'm also, while I did not come up with the name Teclahoma, I am biased towards it. So I would vote for Tecla Tulsa Mm. or something along those lines. Yeah. I could also see a, the tech district, um, you know, we in Techlahoma, we always struggle with do we say Tulsa Tech? We like we have to say Tulsa Techlahoma because Tulsa Tech is already its own organization. And so it kind of makes it difficult to name an area unless Tulsa Tech just ends up sponsoring the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> they really should at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's naming that district is going to be difficult. There's got to be, they'll come up with something. There's got to be some historical fact about one of those buildings that we can use in the name. Like so, I'm just yeah, saying the, the one without the <laughs> the one without the train bridge area. Is what I call it. Um, the area where I will be every day when 36 moves over there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, speaking of the the move of 36 degrees north. So do you get to be involved at all with uh, or, or get much scoop on what they're planning and the the build out? Not going to say I don't eavesdrop because I'm <laughs> pretty close to the 36 staff. But 
We haven't directly been involved. We have indicated some interests that we'd like to talk about potentially having a Tecklahoma space there. Tecklahoma does have a formal partnership with 36 Degrees North. So we have been having meetings here at very minimum every two weeks, just meeting and kind of working with the people in 36 and encouraging them to look into their tech side of things and encouraging our Tecklahoma people to look into working out of 36. So there are now a lot of organizations who are focused on like the combination of bringing tech companies here and then at the same time also making sure that they can convince tech companies to move here by having a a workforce of people who are either already trained in tech or in the process of being trained uh, for tech. My 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 not concern, but my my question has always been how how do you know what to train people in before you get the companies here? Like how do you give people you know, I know like tech, just like every other industry, goes goes in waves between either wanting specific knowledge or wanting generalists who can be trained. And so I guess the way Techlahoma is sort of designed, I imagine it's sort of easier for you to answer this question than people who are trying to bring actual companies here. But when when people come to you and they're like, well, I want to get into tech, I don't know where to start. What should I start with? What do you say? So we tend to focus on a web developer role. There are additional roles that obviously we do consider tech, but Techlahoma was founded with Tulsa Web Devs, a user group, and Oklahoma City Web Devs, user groups deciding, hey, we're doing some similar stuff here. Let's kind of combine together and work together. The Thunder Plains Conference in Oklahoma City actually predates the founding of Techlahoma. So it everything had kind of been combining towards web developers in Oklahoma connecting. So that's mostly where we focus. In terms of specifics with web development, we talk to a lot of recruiting agencies because they're going to have their hand in that pot and know more about what's going on. We have been seeing a need for a little more back-end web development than front-end web development. And a lot of companies looking for more mid-level and senior level web developers. And Techlahoma is trying to kind of bridge that gap because junior web developers are going to be mid-level and senior quicker than you know it. And so we're really trying to teach our companies that we work with and speak to them about the capabilities of people. It depends on the person and not on their particular skill level. And so that's kind of what Techlahoma has been working on in terms of working on that pipeline. So w- w- when you're talking about web development, because like I feel like every every couple of weeks I read a story about another new like website or program that's designed to build your website for you without you having to do much. And so that con- my concern is like if we're training people in web development and then a new technology comes out that makes their jobs meaningless, uh, the web development jobs are only handy when they are dealing with sites that are have like a very deep like internal backend that needs to work or is handling right. very secure things like a bank, uh, for example. Like so, is are those conversations happening in 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 these conversations that you're having? I think that concern we don't really have, mostly because yes, you can use Squarespace to build a website. It's a great resource but someone has to build Squarespace. Someone has to build the tools that you are using. There will be web developer roles. It's just a matter of exactly how they're implemented. It's kind of like how I've been picturing customer service roles in terms of like places like Walmart and Reesers and grocery stores where you're seeing more self-checkouts. There's still going to need to be someone there to interact with the customers when something goes wrong because it inevitably will. So in terms of web developers, we are in at least my lifetime, I think web developers will be necessary. I can see in the future with AI potentially allowing some sort of way to not need web developers, but that is decently far out in my 
current view. I tried one of those AI website builders and it was not great and it was expensive. I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah, it'd be great not to have to do any of this myself. I want, I don't have that much money. And two, I'm like, it looks okay. Like there's some, there's some things human beings are just like, some things are done on instinct and feel when it comes to a website, like how a website functions and how it, how it flows. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and AI is not going to be able to get there immediately. Yeah. Um, so what? you're yeah. mostly talking about UX, UI. So user experience and user interface, that also leans heavily into the web developer role. And that's something Techlahoma connects to pretty often as well. We have a Tulsa UX group that meets monthly. And we have a conference called UX OK every year that's purely designed for user experience and user interface. And I think... That's the thing that's hard to put your finger on, and it's hard for a computer to really understand what to do. I was told once by someone who had a tech job that I would have been a great UI, UX person, because I'm always (laughs) like, this could be easier. Why are we making this so hard on people? It's like, well, there are jobs for people who do that. And I'm like, well, it's too late now. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the way programs operate is fascinating to me. And there's there's a technology component, of course, to it as someone is programming it. But then there's also the part where like the people who are going to use it have input, but don't know how to explain that input to the person programming the thing. Mm-hmm. And that's still the breakdown where you know we're going to have until we build a generation of programmers who are also you know uh, users of said thing. I, I have a client that's in the the tech biz, and so I, I hear a lot about you know uh, all the hashtag keywords we all hear like blockchain and ai and blah 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 and i'm like i'm i'm wondering where what sometimes a new technology sort of comes out of nowhere and like takes over our life for a little while as we learn about it and as it gets disseminated into all the different things what do you see coming next because i feel like there's, there's a lot of energy on ai there's a lot of energy on you know weird crypto banking things but i feel like the next thing's going to be almost like smaller in a way Wow. That is a great question. I think mm. <laughs> we need, we need pretty, a great question drop. Uh, yeah. This podcast. Yeah. You need a sound effect. Like, yeah. Da, 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 great that was question. a great question. Yeah. I think oh, I'm going to use that now. I was going to use you <laughs> doing that now as my, as the drop. So, Oh, oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> there, <laughs> there is a bar downtown where I actually met Chris called a we are very good at pronouncing this bar and it is a vr bar and i think virtual reality is something that people are going to start using in more of a personal entertainment way i don't view it as necessarily a replacement for all of the physical in-person things that we do. But I do think it helps significantly with accessibility. Accessibility has been a huge trend that I've seen uptick lately from having captions on your photos and like alt image titles to making sure everything's going to work with readers, screen readers. Um, Even... Gosh, a couple of years ago, I saw there are Starbucks that they can pop up on the digital menu as you're driving through and sign with you so that you can, you know, order your coffee through the drive through with sign language, which is really cool. Accessibility was basically an entire track of our most recent conference. And we had to cut it down because we could have had maybe like three tracks that were all accessibility. So I think that's probably going to be the future. I think with COVID, a lot of people realize the value in some of those things like virtually meeting and uh, working from home and all those wonderful things. So that's the future I see coming. And I think it's just going to solidify itself more and more as a necessity. So you mentioned that your conferences a couple of times. Can you tell us more specifically about what the conferences are and, and just give a little bit of details on them? Sure. So Thunder Plains was our most recent conference. It's a regional conference. It started out in 2013. 
it is a web developer conference. So it has anywhere from two to three tracks, depending on the year. It's always in Oklahoma City. We have a keynote. Typically, our most recent keynote was Kent C. Dodds, who was one of the co-founders of the Remix software, which if you are not in development, might mean absolutely nothing to you. But Yeah, for those uh, people, people, what is that? <laughs> right. Um, it is development software because, yes, I am tech adjacent. Uh, again, I am not tech. <laughs> so... Um, but he was a great speaker and we actually had people driving from like five hours away to come see specifically him. So he's a great speaker that we had. We have a new conference lately called UXOK. It had its first in-person year last year at the Tulsa library. And that's going to be a user experience, user design conference. We had someone from Buzzfeed come and speak to us about product design we had people talking about accessibility again. Like I said, that's been a hot topic. We also had an activity hour where people were designing their own solutions to problems, which was really, really cool. And I kept all of the designs because they were so amazing. So I have them all saved. And I feel like in some future Techlahoma office space, we'll display them all. <laughs> and... 200 OK, which is our always Tulsa conference, is a web developer conference. It's going to be in May 2023. We are talking to Holberton about having it at their space. So that's going to be pretty neat for our students to, the Holberton students to enjoy and the Techlahoma members to enjoy and kind of get integrated over into the potential Tecla Tulsa space. <laughs> Very cool. If you ever Try need, to make it happen. Yeah. If you ever need yeah. a like an hour filler live podcast, let us know. Chris and I are happy to show up. <laughs> um, I, I was already thinking about that and thinking that that should happen. So we will be I'm, talking I'm ha- soon. Yeah, I'm happy to walk people through the technology aspect of how to how to record a live podcast and how stressful there you it is. Go. Um, but then the whole whole burn space does make it a little easier. Plus, Jesse, you can um, try for the next four or five months to get tyrants on the show for that. And then fail yes, when you can't again. get enough time. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's busy. <laughs> if you're like me, you might hear estate planning and go, ugh, gross. You might think to yourself, I'm not sure why I'd bother with that. Estate planning is only for the uber rich. Tall grass begs to differ. <laughs> Tallgrass founding attorneys Laurel and Riley think everyone should have an estate plan. They know estate planning seems untouchable to a lot of folks, like something you have to do inside a stuffy law firm of Stuffy McLawyer Pants Esquire. But I promise you, Tallgrass is nothing like that. For one, they work out of their home so their clients can feel at home. They obsess, because they're nerds, over making clients feel like they belong and are supposed to be there. Also, their kids might make an appearance. They will take time to answer all of your questions, even the uncomfortable ones. They will work relentlessly to make sure your plan is exactly what you need to feel secure and at peace. So if you've been putting off planning for what's going to happen after you've gone, it's time for you to give Tallgrass a call at 918-770-8940 and start your plan today. Or visit their website at tallgrassestateplanning.com and schedule a free initial consultation. For free! It's right there on the website. And of course, there's more because this is a podcast ad. If you tell them you're a Pot for Good listener, they're going to take 25% off their service fees. Just tell them Pot for Good sent you. Stop thinking estate planning isn't for you and give Tallgrass a call today at 918-770-8940 or on their website, which I'm not going to read out to you again. It's in our show notes. Thank you, Tallgrass. I mean, this question is going to, this is kind of a standard question, but I feel like it's important to ask, (laughs) which is I, especially during these COVID years, when a lot of people started to, I don't know, take a moment, actually think about the work they do and whether they enjoyed it and whether it was fulfilling to them or if they were maybe since they had the time at home to learn a new skill. Like, have you seen a lot of people of different ages and different backgrounds sort of joining the Techlahoma space? Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. We, so I'm, myself, I'm included in that. I actually used to be in 
apartment management. And then I had some medical things happen and basically didn't want to work in an office anymore. And so March, 2020 is right when I started to feel better, um, which was, you know, a great time (laughs) to start to feel better and ready to go outside and hang out with people. Um, so then six months later, I ended up starting with Techlahoma as a community manager. And it was because I was like, tech, that's steady. That's definitely going to be around for a while. I'm sure I can do something with that. And I was interested in nonprofit. So that's my own biased opinion. I've also seen since I've started in the past couple of years, there have been people that have come from an engineering background coming into tech, including our president from 2021, Kendall Wirtz. There are people coming from teaching into tech. That is fairly common. And a lot of people are realizing their like passion, their little side gig that they were doing with tech. They really want to work on that full time. And so working on that full time they are going to reevaluate their priorities and focusing in on tech. Tech is a tech is a big, big phrase. Tech means a lot of things, but I think people have realized the value of tech through COVID. And I think that has kind of helped people make their decisions and help people decide what's important to them. And tech has a very good longevity and also ability to work from home a lot, ability to spend more time with your family, ability to take a day off and work remote and work in a different state if you're interested when you're hanging out with your friends, that kind of thing. Do you find yourself or Techlahoma um, interacting with a lot of the other uh, technology and technology adjacent organizations in Tulsa and Oklahoma? Yes. Yes, that is our favorite thing to do. Oklahoma Women in Technology is a big one. So Oklahoma Women in Tech, I'm part of, and then Techlahoma is starting to do more partnerships with. And they focus mostly on women and non-binary children up to age 18 and providing scholarships for them going into a STEM field for college, which is a really cool program. They also provide professional networking for women and non-binary people or those who support women and non-binary people in different venues and networking events. Another group that we partner up with is Urban Coders Guild, like you mentioned before with Michael Vaughn. They actually hosted our UX OK after party last year. So we definitely partner up with them a lot. 36 Degrees North, like I mentioned, is a full partner with Techlahoma. We also are starting to work with a few different groups. TechSoup is a Mm -hmm. company that provides discounts to nonprofits. And TechSoup Connects is a program that I'm going to be starting up. I kind of had a free run this year one time, but it's a group that's going to be discussing how to manage a nonprofit and the tech you can use to do so right on fundraising that again, that's a group that we partnered up with and they helped us apply for grants. So that was a good opportunity. I am positive. I am missing a few, but (laughs) we partner up with as many organizations as we, as they offer because we love, 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 love to partner up with other organizations. Being a nonprofit, you hate being alone. Mm-hmm. So you need to connect to everyone else. It does seem like that, and I don't know, maybe other cities or other states are like this, but it seems like there's a lot of uh, cooperation rather than competition in this space, both with um, nonprofits, with uh, education with um, government and um, corporations, all kind of working together towards this goal of developing some kind of technology hub and developing a workforce that can support that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a very 
classic thing that Oklahoma is a friendly state, right? You always hear that. And I have only ever experienced that mostly forgiving like <laughs> middle school and being an awkward 13 year old. Yeah, Middle school doesn't count. Middle school's the worst. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um, but I think we have really connected with a bunch of different organizations. There's, there's not competition. There's more of a, let's figure out the best way to use these resources. Let's try and not have duplicative services and duplicative resources. Let's try and partner up. And if there's a 16 year old girl who is interested in tech, I'm going to point her to Oklahoma women in technology. I'm not going to try and get her to volunteer with us unless she's interested, unless she just has a bunch of extra time. But that's kind of the thing is we want each of our organizations to succeed. We really are all about that tech pipeline and getting from, hey, tech is kind of interesting to I'm making a killing working in my tech role. So we want everyone to hit that pipeline. Do you know if I feel like because a lot of times when cities try to do like bring certain kinds of businesses to there, there's always those problems of like getting all the organizations to work together. And I'm I'm wondering if you know like the history of the places that are tech hubs, that are sort of the original tech hubs, like the the San Francisco types. Like, did they do things in like the 70s and 80s to make themselves those places, or did things just happen naturally there, and so they became tech hubs? And if that's the case, how do how do cities like Tulsa compete with sort of the bizarre confluence of events that lead to big tech sectors showing up in places? I think that you overestimate the education that I have on that topic. <laughs> However, <laughs> I can definitely chat a little bit about it. I think most of the companies were trying to hit that um, beachside location or California because you had a large population there, right? Having a large population means you're going to have a large labor pool. In Tulsa, we obviously aren't as big as San Francisco, Silicon Valley, all that good stuff. And I think we, I don't, I don't see communities pulling together as much as I have seen in Oklahoma. I really don't. I think the fact that there is a, the way Tulsa started was a Tulsa user group and an Oklahoma City user group realizing we're doing the same thing. Let's work together. Let's start a nonprofit really speaks to that fact. And Oklahoma itself was entirely volunteer run until September, 2020. And they were hosting two conferences a year. They were hosting 20 plus user groups a month. And having that entirely volunteer run really speaks to the people and their involvement and their commitment to their community and not just to themselves. And the, another question that you won't be able to answer. I'm just going to keep throwing you questions you can't answer. Uh, um, I do know pi up to like 10 digits. I can do that. All one. right. Ooh. Listen, we'll save that for the end. So hold that, hold, <laughs> hold on that thought. In your conversations. I can, with, I can with only the, think of seven right now. So you got me there. I can think of two. Uh, <laughs> um, in your conversations, with all these different groups and whatnot. I imagine there's a similar frustration, which is like trying to develop a tech sector here requires a workforce that is um, well-educated and trained. And Tulsa and Oklahoma City and the state of Oklahoma as a whole is fighting against itself to educate our children in schools publicly well. And I guess my question is this, like if those conversations are happening, which I imagine they are, how do especially nonprofits stay out of the political morass that is public education in the state of Oklahoma? That's my question. That's what I'm going with. That is, that is a another great question. Da-da-da-ding, great question. <laughs> great question. Another great question. Da-da-da-ding, great question. <laughs> great question. The way that Oklahoma handles this is very much how can Oklahoma help educate students about all things STEAM. And I say STEAM, meaning science, technology, um, 
engineering arts and math. Arts is a new one. It used to be STEM. So throwing that out there. But Oklahoma focuses on how we can educate our students, not how that education is happening. So if it has to come from external resources, not purely from students in the classroom, we are trying to supplement that as much as we can. I say that while Techlahoma is mostly focused on an 18 plus crowd. We partner up with other organizations to do, to assist with students in classrooms. Um, we also have a bunch of speakers that are part of Techlahoma that will come and talk to a class about what it's like to have a job in tech. I was talking to a teacher today that wants to have some speakers in Oklahoma City talk about what it's like to be in tech. Oklahoma Women in Technology and Urban Coders Guild are the two organizations that I always steer people to if they're students in tech. But it's mostly a how can we get the students educated and less of the way that education happens via funding or political choices. So I guess we should have asked this question first, but I think it's actually better to ask it now, which is, how would you define what a tech job is now? We're all using technology now, right? We're all, we're all zooming. Sorry, Skype. Um, you lost that one. Like Google we Beach. all, Google, <laughs> no, <laughs> Teams. It's Teams. All right. Uh, WebEx? Web, no. I can't believe BOK uses WebEx. Like, come on, guys. We don't need more. But, okay, but, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I tried using WebEx once. I'm like, this is insane. I'm sorry. Uh, but like, so what do I define all, a tech? Yeah, job? because like, I mean, like when when I was in high school, I was like, I don't want to be at a job where I'm at a desk all day. Ironically, now I'm at a desk all day, and every job I've had I've been at a desk all day, pretty much. And all a lot of times, I am interacting with technology. I'm not programming necessarily, but there have been times when I've been very involved in like the development of something. And so I guess the question is like, where do you cut off what a tech job is or isn't? That is a, another great question. Great question. I think, that, yeah. <laughs> I think that basically I have a personal opinion and then there's the, like the consensus of the Techlahoma population, which I can kind of speak to as well. So the Techlahoma population in essence would basically say if you are doing any sort of web development, if your product is entirely virtual, then you are probably in tech, right? Um, if you are creating a website, if you're creating a design, if you are a project manager that's entirely dealing with virtual items, virtual to-do lists, you're probably in tech. I actually gave a speech today in my Toastmasters group about how I personally think every company is a tech company. Because if you treat every company like a tech company, you're really going to get the best use of technology in your organization. Because every company is going to touch a piece of tech. Even the doctor's office, when you go there and you're the doctor is uploading all of your information to my chart or whatever service you're using, or you're sitting in the waiting room and there's a TV playing and it's playing the local news. That job is tech, right? There is tech literally everywhere. If you use an iPad that has a Square app on it, you're using tech to accept your money. And that's why I personally think every company is a tech company. I think that within Techlahoma, there would probably be some discourse about that because there definitely is techier companies and tech adjacent companies. But I think there's a definite lean towards most organizations, most people actually having more of a tech role than they think they do. Well, and also tech companies hire non tech have non-tech jobs, right? Like HR managers at a tech company or project managers exactly. at a tech company, right? Or executive directors of tech nonprofits. <laughs> For instance. Well, yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing. Though, like, it, that's good because like not everyone has skills to do everything, right? And so you right. are mostly a project manager and like networker and whatnot, not exactly. 
attributes that would normally be described to someone who is good at programming. Not that that's true, but that would be the stereotype, Mm -hmm. even though it's kind of true. Um, I speak on behalf of my husband that, yes, it's true. He's significantly (laughs) shyer than I am. I, yeah, I literally had a job where I was the go-between between web developers and the people using the site. And that was mostly a cultural language barrier because they were an Israeli company, but also like it's so they wouldn't get yelled at by these Israeli programmers who yelled at me a lot out of love, but that's how they, that's how they <laughs> operated. Um, but I mean, that was a tech job, right? Like I learned a lot about WordPress, which is what their system was built off of. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how to do the, the back back end, I guess the programming behind WordPress, but I know how to do a WordPress, right? So, well, I'll tell you when I was looking on what to do, I, when I was trying to figure out what to do with my life before I had this job with Techlahoma, I started out on free code camp and I learned how to do HTML and CSS. And I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. And then I started in on JavaScript and I said, absolutely not. This is not <laughs> for me. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, all my friends and my husband are all in tech. And so I knew I could connect to people that are in that area. Mm-hmm. It drives uh, me nuts that there's JavaScript and then Java as a separate thing. I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> Just pick hey, another name. I'm proud of you for knowing those are different things because <laughs> yeah. when I first started, I may have said some things that were incorrect and yeah. referred to Java and JavaScript as the same. And people were like, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, like, it's a big controversy. <laughs> It's a controversy of Java's own making. So uh, blame <laughs> Java for that. Java, yeah. I think, I'm pre- listen, I might be wrong. Internet, get in the comments. I think JavaScript <laughs> came first. Um, and if so, why would you call yourself something that, that's one word of a thing that already exists? Um, I'm not going to associate myself with that comment because I don't know the answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to, you don't want to, <laughs> listen, it results in a fight. Yeah. In alien the yeah. audience. Yeah. If I'm wrong, yeah. this is a chance for our 30 listeners to send us a message <laughs> and tell me I'm wrong. Um, you can, why don't you just start a GIF GIF discussion while you're at it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we actually have a pin that I pass out at most of our conferences now mm-hmm. that say it's pronounced GIF. And then it's up to the person to decide <laughs> how they want to do it. That's I told great. you I have most, mostly visual puns. And so yeah. Yeah. I like that's that. the best I can describe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, one, that, that, that debate cracks me up. But no, I I think most large companies. I work for one of the largest employers, you know, in Oklahoma. In in Oklahoma, and I think if you talk to most of the executives there, they would agree with you that they're now more of a tech company, even though you know they've been a bank for a hundred years. <laughs> and I think part of that is that most companies are realizing that their most valuable resource is data, and that's part of tech. You know, that's. Data allows them to serve their customers better. It allows them to find more customers. It allows them to find uh, fraudulent activity. I mean, data is incredibly valuable and the faster companies are realizing that that's their most valuable resource and putting more resources into that, it's going to lean the majority of corporations into becoming more of a tech companies that just happen to specialize in you know, finance or manufacturing or whatever. I completely agree. I, my husband works at One Gas along with like half of my friends and they are all in IT. I have never actually met anyone who has anything to do with the actual pipeline of anything. (laughs) It is only people that are working on the contracts, are working on making sure we have all the papers safe, making sure everyone knows where the pipelines are that were created in 1920 and taking those documents and putting them into 2022 standard and that kind of thing. And those kind of services are essential, but they're not what you would think of when you think of Oklahoma natural gas or one gas. Mm -hmm. I I would like technology to be involved in the handling of natural gas personally. (laughs) So agree. Agree. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's not wing that, please. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine. Uh, if it was good enough for Pappy, it's good enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love arguing with old people about technology. Is um, it 411? 411 dig? 
make sure yeah. follow that line. That's right. Well, so okay. So before we go, ha- give our audience and the world what are the best ways people can help and support Techlahoma? I don't want to be asking for money, but basically that's one of the biggest things. We feel fine. Only have- always ask for money. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I basically learned. My entire job is is asking for money. I I'm the one employee of our organization. We we do have a part-time bookkeeper, but we really need additional staff members to be able to maintain all these services that we offer. In addition, we always are looking for volunteers. So you can volunteer as little as making a social media post for us for one day to running an entire conference. Like Anything in between, we are always looking for people. I don't know when this is getting published, but we also have user group applications being open right now. So new user groups can start up and coming and joining a user group and just listening and learning a little bit about what we're doing is a great way to get connected. You can also go to techlahoma.org and join our Slack community. Joining that Slack community puts you in connection with the 6,000 plus other people that are already there. And you can reach out to people and enter into a discourse or join the jobs channel and learn about all the jobs that are available, join the jobs talk channel and figure out how to build your resume, all sorts of good stuff like that. So when you're not, um, you know, techlahoming, um, what do you like to mm-hmm. do kind of to decompress and have some fun? Video games and board games, a lot. Too much, a lot. Like it's a lot. <laughs> What what are I, I your recently, current what, what are your current video games and board games that you're playing? Okay, I just finished. I played all but two of the Kingdom Hearts games, not just Kingdom Hearts one, two, and three, but I'm talking the spinoffs. I was wow. playing everything I could. I loved it, so I'm very into that. I just finished. I'm now on Mario Rabbids, the Rabbids two. I will say. Board game wise, I really like the game Azul. And I've, there's also I've another heard of game. This game. Yeah. Azul's pretty fun. There's another game called Betrayal at a House on a Hill, Ooh. which is pretty fun. And I've we finished playing the legacy version a few months ago. And the legacy version is a one-time playthrough. So you have oh. 12 different sessions. It's kind of like a, a mini D D campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I would totally be in a and d group right now, but both of my groups disbanded after the first meeting because the DM moved. So, oh no, <laughs> yeah. Um, I also hang out with my two dogs and my husband, and occasionally, um, I will pop over to see my friend Liza when she's hanging out at uh, her husband's book club and. Then I'll run into Chris and meet <laughs> yeah. him for the first time and show up on a podcast. You're always welcome <laughs> to come back to the book club, whether li- whether Liz is there it. or not. Yeah, uh, Emily, this was great. Thank you. Um, uh, th- this episode should be going out actually this Thursday. So, oh, is it this Thursday? Uh, oh, okay. Yes, if Chris and I can get our intro done in time. So, um, so thank you so much. This was great. Um, listeners, give money to Techlahoma. They deserve it. Um, Emily Thank needs you. more staff to manage. So yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> she needs more money to cover all of the different project management tools she uses. That's right. Yeah. Listen, you gotta get. I promise you not get to mon- switch one every yeah. day. Monday.com, Asana, Trello, um, Evernote. Well, Notion. we have to have Monday.com to use on Monday. Like obviously. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where's Tuesday.com and Wednesday.com? Uh, right. I think Google's working just on this. Waiting. Google Tuesday, Google Wednesday, <laughs> Google Thursday. <laughs> and then they'll abandon them six months in yeah. and uh, they will go where Google Plus My money will burn a hole Google in my Plus. pocket when it's yeah. time to buy those. I need to have different circles for different groups of people. Yeah. Listen, I still declare to this day, Google Plus operation-wise was better than Facebook. So, uh, Well, I mean... It did steal all your data, but Facebook's also stealing all your data. So I don't know why people got mad about Google Plus doing that. Yeah. 
That's fair. Google knows everything anyway. about me, and it makes my life so much easier. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really does. I'd and rather Google I'm sorry know it than to all Amazon. my cybersecurity friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. The, the more the more into cybersecurity you get, the more you become like a recluse who like doesn't really interact <laughs> with the world at all. Uh, yeah. And we just we just live in a again. If America could pass a you know internet privacy law like the rest of the Western world, we would, could worry less about this. But Mm. Uh, money so anywho yeah. I don't know where I'm going to add that cut but anyway <laughs> Emily <laughs> thank, thank you, you again. <laughs> thanks thank you all for listening to our episode with Emily if you have not checked out Techlahoma's website or have not joined their Slack channel go ahead and do it there's some amazing things in there and always remember we are all users of technology we can all make it better pod for good please make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast please i'm begging you at this point no one listens to these outros anyway but if you are somehow listening to the still and for some reason just downloading them randomly stop it subscribe and please leave a review unless you're going to leave us a three star no comment review in that case you can go back to broken arrow where you probably came from as always telsa get it done broken arrow get your shit together and Stay safe out there in the 70-degree December weather.